shocker of all shockers, Shadur Sanders committed to Colorado today. Yeah, didn't see that. That was that was a pretty big surprise. Is he good? Yes, I don't know. Like is he like is he Colorado good? Because I would hate for um, I would hate for Dion's his career to be derailed by just like a nepotism start, basically. No, his kid's good. I've watched like three of their games this year, and uh. I listened to a podcast where the, they were talking about him and they said that he's been uh, getting privately tutored by Tom Brady since he was nine. I figured with, with the, like the bloodlines oh. and the connections that Dion has, like there's no way he can be bad, but um, I, I hope, I hope he's actually good and he's not just going cause he's his son. Cause you know, he's going to start. He already said it. Yeah. He's like, this is your starting this introductory press conference. He goes, this is your starting quarterback. You know, it's an open competition, but yeah, this is, this is him. Exactly. Right. All right. Well, I, I want Colorado to be good. You know, that's one thing I miss from the nineties. So you think of like nineties franchises, teams that were good when we grew up that I kind of miss being good. I would love for Colorado to be good. I would love for Georgia tech to be a competitive team. Again, I'm not holding my breath on that one. Um, I don't care about Georgia Tech. Colorado would be kind of fun just because they're out here and I would get to see Coach Prime in in Tempe and that would be fun. Yeah, they would be good. Arizona State's another one I'm pulling for, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point during the show. Nebraska, I do not wish for them to be good ever. They got freaking a pile of uh, portal guys. They signed six portal guys already. Oh yeah. Nebraska has been doing great. Wisconsin's been doing pretty good. Those like, uh, plain States, big 10 teams are, are stepping it up with the portal. Iowa's had a great, um, like recruiting process. Ah, except they lost their top recruit. The only five star. Yeah. Yeah. That guy just committed to, to Alabama. He flipped to Bama. So their recruiting class went from like, like 20, you know, like 17th. Cause they had one five star to like, 37th because they have no five stars now. Jesus. All right, let's just uh, start the show. So we can yeah. start with a little bit of a signing day uh, talk because it is signing day. And then we'll do our tribute to Mike Leach. And then we can get into um, the bowl games from the 23rd to the 30th. Um, welcome to take the points college football podcast. Part two of our bowl game spectacular. We're going to get into the bowls as I just said, but first uh, signing day going to toss it over to my co-host Ryan Spillett, who is our uh, recruiting expert on the show. Alabama, you know, they had the greatest class ever in 2017, then the greatest class ever in 2020 that surpassed that. And now it looks like they might have the greatest class ever once again this year. Maybe not the greatest class ever, but they clearly have the best class this season. This year, it's, it's not even close. I mean, they just got two defensive standouts today. Like, like, superstar type guys today. Yeah. Who, by the way, went to the same high school together and said they were going to commit to the same school together. It's only the Mm -hmm. number one D tackle and the number one linebacker in the country. And they're on the same high school team in Alabama. Yep. I saw we talk about IMG and the, you know, they bring in studs because they recruit. Yeah. This is just some random like public school in Alabama. It's going to be good. I saw tape on these guys and I know it's high school. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys 
look dominant against high school players, but these guys looked dominant. They are exactly that. Uh, they're really, really good. Oregon's had a great day. Uh, good to see the Ducks uh, getting kind of getting back where they where they should be. They lose a five star quarterback to UCLA, and then they just go ahead and steal uh, a quarterback from Notre Dame uh, instead. Was it Notre Dame they stole the quarterback from? Hopefully, I can't remember. I'm not who sure. They, I didn't they look. stole a quarterback from somebody, but I know they flipped. Uh, they flipped the number one safety in the class who was committed to Alabama. He flipped Oregon today. Yeah. So, I mean, the usual suspects are all up there, Georgia, Alabama. I think the somewhat surprising teams would be um, Oregon's done well. Miami, number three class. Uh, Cristobal, you know, we said it. He he just got rid of every kind of guy that didn't fit his system or that was a troublemaker or whatever it may be. And uh, they looked real bad this year, but it seems like he is like doing the right thing and building toward a really good program. And, you know, if it's anything like his Oregon team, I think you better watch out for a Miami team that has that same toughness plus f- yeah. Florida players. Well, they're load. I mean, that the area, they just have the, they have a great recruiting area. The team that actually I think is the most surprising to me of the whole day. I think Maryland had a really good day. Uh, considering where they are in the in the landscape of college football in the Big Ten, like mm-hmm. they they had a really good day. They got you know some some of those guys from that DC Maryland area that they kept in town. They got the number one recruit in the state uh, decommitted from Ole Miss and flipped to Maryland. So good for them to keep the uh, the number one prospect in the state. I mean, for twenty five years, you can count on the number one recruit in Maryland going to Penn State. That was a lock. Mm-hmm. Number one, Maryland, number one, Virginia, both those kids were going to Penn state from like 1980 to 19 to like 2000. They got every, Oh, I mean, those, to, to Trace area. McSorley in 2016, you know? Yeah. So good for Maryland. And, uh, you know, maybe they can get competitive in the big 10. It's still weird to see them as a big 10 school, but you know, They're that not, was probably yeah. the, the most surprising one of the day for me. They're not that far off. The Big Ten as a whole, if you count, you know, the portal and like everything, a a holistic picture of recruiting, the Big Ten did uh, very well. And I do want to point out one thing uh, for you, Dan, especially, but I guess for all of us, since we are the official X-Files college football crossover podcast, Ohio State recruited a uh, or landed a high school receiver named Jeremiah Smith. Half man, oh, half alien. Hmm. Look into that later. Yeah, we'll look those in- are great episodes. By the way, we will we will look Jeremiah into the Smith. origins of this player at a future, perhaps sometime next year. <laughs> Where did he come from? What What's in his blood? We'll find this Black out oil. and take the points. <laughs> does he have Does he have sixteen clones spread around the country, mm-hmm. planted by the CIA? all playing receiver at different uh, state colleges. Correct. Something to look out for. All right, Dan, um, since we talked about, you know, Ryan and I talked about the signing classes, I'm going to toss it to you for um, the other most important thing, which is a tribute to Mike Leach. You know, we're a mm-hmm. few, um, a few days removed from his passing. We kind of, uh, I guess the timing didn't work out for our last episode, but uh, as one of our favorite coaches, 
And um, I, I dare say the official coach of the Take the Points podcast, uh, I think we got to say something. So um, I'll leave it to you. Yeah, uh, Mike Leach, rest in peace. Uh, absolute legend. Super, super smart guy. Um, IQ through the roof. Uh, one of the first guys to uh, really uh, use the air raid to take over college football for being offensive coordinator in Oklahoma to running some of the best offenses we've ever seen at Texas Tech. And then going out to Washington State in the middle of nowhere and winning uh, there, which is really impressive. And then even taking that system to the SEC against all that talent and still finding a way to win seven, eight, nine, whatever games a year. He has, or, you know, had a way of maximizing the ability of his players, unlike most coaches who uh, find a way to completely fuck it up, which happens so often. We have a segment where we talk about that every week here on the show. Uh, Leach is the exact opposite of that. Um, you know, and he's just loved by everybody, you know, um, in this era of, uh, I guess, um, a lot of people hating people from one side of the political party or other, it was nice to see everyone on both sides, uh, each raise their, uh, you know, or be very, um, respectful to Leach, you know, I mean, just because he happened to be friends with Trump, it didn't matter. He still got good articles written up for him on ESPN, which is very surprising, you know, so that was a nice little silver lining. I thought too, um, rest in peace, Mike, absolute legend. And I'll always support you for taking Craig James's son and locking him in a shed. That was the right move. (laughs) Get in the shed is one of the great lines in the history of college football. Yep. Get in the shed. Ryan, anything you want to add about Mike Leach? You are our coaching expert here. I, Dan, Dan crushed it. It's, uh, he's a legend. He will always be a legend. And, uh, you know, I would put his coaching tree up against almost anybody in the last 30 years of college football. It's, it's really shockingly amazing how, how ridiculous his coaching tree really is. People don't give him enough credit for that too. And, uh, I guess as the coaching expert, that'll be my two senses. Great, great tactician and all that great quotes but unbelievable developer of talent on the coaching staff so rest in peace mike leach yeah the uh that's yeah the 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 quotes and the off-field stuff and all that is hilarious and he's by far the most entertaining coach but i hope that that doesn't overshadow that he actually was a great coach and that's one thing that we should get across yeah all right uh, in part one of our bowl preview that came out last week, we did up through the games on December 22nd. The Armed Forces Bowl was where we ended. So we're going to pick up today with the games beginning on the 23rd, uh, starting with the Independence Bowl. I'm going to turn it over to you, Dan, to lead us through. Let's go. All right. Uh, we're doing the 23rd through the 30th today. Um it starts off with a lot of highly suspect games, and there is some light at the end of the tunnel towards the end of this. Um, probably my most favorite week of sports betting the entire calendar year. Uh, you basically just wait till an hour before kickoff and see who's playing and who's not. And do your research then. If you bet any of these games in advance, you will lose 100%, regardless of what side, total, whatever you take. 
So wait until, like, I just bet this Western Kentucky game at 657 because I wanted to make sure there was no nonsense. Um, All right, here we go. Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. I don't know what Radiance does. Um, No clue. Okay, great. Independence Bowl uh, from Shreveport, Louisiana. I swear that there's always terrible weather at this game every year. Like I, I, it's always raining sideways or snowing somehow in Louisiana. I remember a bunch of low scoring games in the past. Well, this one has Louisiana and Houston. So in theory, it shouldn't be too low scoring with Houston's 120th ranked defense uh, showing up. One thing we actually didn't talk about too much last week is there's some coaches who care about bowl games and some do not. And the number one coach who cares the least about bowls is Dana Holgerson. And he's even said it. He's like, yeah, you know, it's just nice to make a bowl so we can have some more, you know, team activities and practices. The game itself doesn't matter. A few years ago, before he left for Houston from West Virginia, he actually coached the bowl game but didn't fly back with the team. That shows you how much he really cares about bowl games. Um Houston minus seven, total 57. Look, I know they got Clayton Toon with those 37 touchdowns, and their stud receiver uh, has a hundred, has 1,300 yards receiving and 15 touchdowns. But I, you cannot lay a touchdown with Dana against the team from Louisiana in a bowl game in Louisiana two days before Christmas. All the X's and O's point to Houston. All the intangibles point to Louisiana. Uh, give me Louisiana plus seven. Uh, I don't know how, but I find I think they'll find a way to cover. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're kind of right on with that. Houston is the better team, but I don't think Houston cares. None. Um, hey, what what year is Tune? Is he is he a senior or is he leaving early? Because he's people have him as like a potential first or second round pick. This is his fifth year, so he got the extra COVID year. He's he's started five years, so okay. he's officially done. So he so he'll most likely be a senior bowl quarterback. So this bowl game means yeah. even less for him because he'll have the senior bowl to get his stock up. Yeah, I'm taking mm-hmm. the points. Tom Z. So I agree with your assessment. Um, Houston's the better team on paper, but um, motivation. Motivation's a big question for me because we know Holgerson doesn't care. Usually he's also kind of on the hot seat a little bit, or he was earlier this year. So, um, will that make him care? Will his, you know, will Mike Leach make him care? You know, will his, he get his team fired up for his friend, Mike Leach, you know, there's a lot of different potential motivation angles, and I don't know what kind of Houston team we're going to get. So, uh, when we say that I usually take the points, However, I think I'll also um, put down an under because, again, motivation for Houston. Also, uh, UL doesn't, their quarterback was injured in November. And so he's going to miss the ball, most likely. And, uh, you know, I don't see them scoring a ton of points. So I see this as a lower scoring, you know, messier game, especially if there's some weather. I like an under. All right. Sounds good. Um, was it Houston that played like Army a couple of years ago in the bowl game and Army ran for like 5 million yards? Was that the game that like Ed Oliver opted out of and they had no players? Correct. Was that Correct. The oh, God. <laughs> that was epic. Um, 
All right, let's move on to the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Is this one of two bowl games at Raymond James? Is the Mississippi State game there as well? There is another is one correct. there. Yeah. There's two because Leach was the pirate. They're playing the bowl game at the Pirate Stadium and all that, yada, yada. Um, okay, Wake, Missouri. This is a weird, weird game. Wake, seven and five, losers of four of their last five. Hartman's taken a billion sacks. Feels a lot like last year's Wake Forest team that was really good in October and terrible in November. Uh, Missouri, six and six. No clue. Um, they actually played Georgia really tough somehow and then like blew other games to other teams. They have a great defensive line. Uh, really hard game. Wake minus two, total 58 and a half. I need some advice on this one. Tom, go right ahead. Am I mistaken or did Missouri also beat Arkansas right at the end of the year? Correct. Yeah. So it's like they've, they've had a couple of great games where they look like a, a you know, good solid SEC team. And then they've looked like garbage in others. Um, Missouri, you know, seven and five against the spread, um, eight and four toward the under. Um, so, you know, in terms of the lines, you know, an under seems to make sense. They're playing, uh, you know, well against the spread. Um, Drinkwitz is an idiot. He's been saying all sorts of things. Uh, a lot of, a lot of Missouri guys have opted out or gone in the portal. Um, I don't know how many of them are really impactful, but a lot of guys leaving doesn't usually indicate great things for me. Um, Wake, meanwhile, started six and one, including the loss to Clemson, which was a close game, finished seven and five. So that team's really backing into a bowl game, but uh, Hartman's going to play. So I think I'm going to take Wake because of better coach better quarterback. And I think I'm going to take the under too. All right, Ryan. Tom, that you just hit on it. If, if Hartman's healthy all year, they're a nine or 10 win team. They're actually pretty good. Probably Missouri sucks. They're a pile (laughs) of trash. Not only did they barely win, like that Arkansas game was a joke. Like, I think Arkansas went for two, had to get a two to, to tie the game and they didn't get it or whatever, like whatever. And then he beat like New Mexico state the week before and like back into a, a six and six season. They're terrible. Spoiler alert. Mr. Drinkwitz might have a place on a certain report early next season. <laughs> He's on a watch list. He's no good. What are Let's his, go. what are his gambling odds to make it to, uh, to be the coach one year from now. Will he coach a, a Missouri bowl game next year? In 2023. Plus, he plus, will not plus 420. <laughs> yeah. It's plus odds. Oh, it's definitely plus odds. I think it's more yeah. than plus, plus 250. Yeah. 250 sounds fair. Will he make it? Will he make it to December 1st? Yes. Is right now paying minus 220. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my pick in this game is the over Missouri. uh, Sorry. Wake Forest, as you know, plays no defense. Just look back at their 45, 35 game against Syracuse a couple weeks ago. 80 points in that game, huh? 
Well, the total is only 58 and a half here. I feel like we can get there. So over, no clue. I liked Wake Forest when I first looked at the bowl pool, but now I hate it. So just an overplay for me. All right, let's move on to Christmas Eve. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Is that a competitor of Parcel Plus? Are we? Do we know? Easy Post? Easy post? Uh, you go first. I'm going to look this up. I had no idea who All that. right. This is important to look know. Look up Easy Post. All right, this is at the Terrence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, I don't believe the Hawaii Bowl's open anymore. I think it got demolished due to being like in worse conditions than the former Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Um, San Diego State minus seven, total 49. Uh, Middle Tennessee's uh, big claim to fame this year was uh, upsetting Miami. Then we turned out, turns out Miami was awful, and they actually should have been a favorite in that game over Miami. Uh, San Diego State, Brady Hoke, defense, yada, yada. They do have a quarterback that people seem to like. And uh, but a little bit of a disappointing year at seven and five. Look, it's the Hawaii Bowl. It comes down to one thing every year. It's motivation. Um, middle Tennessee is leaving Tennessee, the middle of the state and flying to Hawaii. Um, sounds like uh, a, a nice vacation for them. Meanwhile, the San Diego State players already live a vacation every day. So they should be more focused in theory than middle Tennessee. Um, the spread is seven. I don't like laying seven with the team with the shitty offense. Um, total 49. Don't like that either. I will need to bet this seeing that it is Christmas Eve. I don't have a pick yet. Ryan steer me in the right direction. Glad to help Dan. Thank you. Uh, here's some numbers for you. San Diego state played Hawaii this year. That was a 16, 14 game. Mm. Yeah. Then they went and played UNLV. That was a 14-10 game. <laughs> they have issues. Then they played Air Force and they lost 13 to 3. Are you sensing a pattern here, folks? San Diego good. State is no good. Take Middle Tennessee and take the under. Let's go. That's good research. Mm. Disagree. Okay. So mm. So you didn't mention the dates of those games, but I believe they were earlier in the year, correct? And San no. spread out. No, Air Force out? game was the last game of the season for them, and the UNLV game was their uh, was in November. Oh. So these are these are both November games. Two of those three were in November. Interesting. All right, because I know that San Diego State, um, uh, I think, fired one of their coaches earlier in the year, like maybe the the OC or something like that, and they've been improved uh, statistically since that move. You know, started off the season kind of bad. Um, Dan, you mentioned it. The Hawaii Bowl is about who's ready to show up on Hawaii, and that's all that really matters. And for the same reason, you know, I think San Diego State has the edge. You know, uh, Middle Tennessee State will be happy to be there. Um, let's see, I'm taking San Diego state. Uh, and the reason being that they beat San Jose state, they beat Toledo. They did lose to, uh, Arizona, your friends out in Tucson. Um, mm -hmm. they have a 21.3.3 points per game, which is bad. One tenth in the country, which backs up what you were saying, Ryan, but their defense allows a uh, 20.2 points per game, which is 20th in the country. 
So, um, and you know, middle Tennessee state, they averaged 29.7 on offense, which puts them 59th in the country. So it's a really good defense against a, you know, not that great offense Two not that great offenses. Um, so the total is right around 50. So it's tough to bet an under and a Hawaii bowl of 50, but like the under would normally be the play in this game. Uh, if you have the guts to do that in Hawaii bowl, uh, I think I will take San Diego state. I'll probably stay away from the total. Um, but remember you're all winners because you get to go to Hawaii. Also, Dan, I've looked up easy post. This is Thank very, you. this is very important. I'm glad you brought this up because I was not familiar with this company. However, this is not only is this a parcel plus competitor, my dad's business as I was growing up for the listeners, uh, a shipping and packaging business, but it's mostly app based. So mm-hmm. it's like parcel plus if it was mostly done through an app, which means this is what Parcel Plus would have been if I stayed in Camillus, New York and took over Parcel Plus instead of moving <laughs> to Connecticut. This would be my life, inventing Easy Post and hosting, probably being at the Hawaii Bowl right now. So I love it. Some might stay, some might say I've made a giant mistake in life. <clears throat> Thank you for the information, Tom. Yes, it's very important. Okay, let's move on to Monday, December 26th, uh, day after Christmas. Hold on, I need to get some liquor out before we talk about this next one. New Mexico State Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl from Ford Field in Michigan. Uh, For the listeners, this is an audio medium, but Dan actually did get out a bottle of liquor. This is not a a gag. He's actually just took a swig of something. That was a Manhattan. And when dealing with New Mexico State and Bowling Green, where there's no reason we should ever talk about these teams on Take the Points, but we have no choice. Gentlemen, we've made it to that time of the, of the segment. This is the Your Opinion is Wrong game. Yes. Jerry Kill and New Mexico State are getting three and a half points against Bowling Green from the MAC. Laying three and a half, a six and six Mac team playing a bowl game in Michigan. Good luck picking this one. Tom, go right ahead. All right. Uh, you know, you say it's not a great game and maybe that's true, but in terms of betting, Dan, I think it's, you know, pretty easy pick. You know, we've been saying fade the Mac. However, uh, New Mexico state's got some quarterback issues. Uh, Diego Pavia was injured on December 3rd. He's uncertain. The backup started four games and threw 112 passes this season, but you know, not a ton of experience. Um, New Mexico, uh, state, their punter just transferred in the portal to Arizona state right by you guys. So they, they don't have a punter with any experience. So to me, you got to take the team that's, um, you know, has their consistent team throughout the season. And that unfortunately is the Mac. So I'm going to lay it with Bowling Green and the total keeps dropping. So I, that indicates to me, it's going to be an under. So Bowling Green and an under easy pick. I'm going to cover myself in snow and eat some shitty pizza in honor of Detroit for this one. Bowling Green and the under, huh? Well, all right, Tom, first of all, Bowling Green gave up 35 or more points, seven times this year so good luck betting an under on turf on an indoor game 
and you're going to lay three and a half to a team who's not in the MAC, who beat Liberty by 50 and is hot winning four of their last five games coming in. That is the wrong decision. Ryan, what picks would you like to make for this game? Oh, well, I'm glad Tom made the picks he did because I actually have a very opposite feeling, guys. I'm very strong on New Mexico State. We talk about the motivation angle constantly on this podcast during bowl season. This is their first bowl game probably in our lifetime. So they are so excited to be there. Unfortunately, they're in the D, and we know that it's so cold in the D. So cold. So leaving New Mexico to go to Detroit's not much of a prize, but they are excited to be there. And Bowling Green has an awful, awful defense. Put anybody on turf against them, and they're going to score 30. I love the over. Okay, so you like the over and New Mexico State. Okay, well, let me point to two games to disprove this. New Mexico State beat UMass 23-13. If you only beat UMass 23-13, you cannot bet on that team ever. And they lost 21-7 to at home to Mike fucking McIntyre in Florida International. So due to that, not good. Not good whatsoever. Can't bet any overs. We only scored 23 against UMass and seven against Mike McIntyre. Can't bet on a team that does that. So those picks, unfortunately, are both losers as well. All right. Let me get a little bit more liquor here. Our favorite quick. new segment, Your Opinion is Wrong, where all possible might, bets are wrong. And Dan's actually just drinking more during this. From now on, I'm going to drink during this segment, too. I think that's <laughs> the only way. I just mm. I, Because it's audio, I just want to stress that Dan is actually taking uh, giant swigs of this Manhattan. We're going to drink one more time during this episode, and it's going to be inappropriate when I do, but it's coming up in about a half hour, so stay tuned. Oh, um Spoiler alert. Okay, moving on to Tuesday the 27th. Good day for returning Christmas gifts and eating at mall cafeterias. Georgia Southern takes on Buffalo at the Camellia Bowl in Cramp the the at the Crampton Bowl, not Compton, not Frampton, the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Georgia Southern minus three and a half, total sixty-seven. Uh, Buffalo, strange team. Well, they're in the Mac and they're in upstate New York. That's lethal combination for strangeness. Um, a lot of high scoring games, very strange. Georgia Southern, very physical triple option. I believe team. Um, I could be wrong on that. No clue whatsoever. Ryan, take this one away. Three and a half 67. So the line, by the way. Gotcha. They are not the trip. That's the other team. That's Georgia okay. State. This is our good friend Clay gotcha. Helton, Dan. This is Clay Helton, Dan. Ah, this is the one that finished Nebraska. Drink. <laughs> Take this a swing. The, yes. So this is a this is a weird one. I really don't have a great feel for this game. Uh, spread wise, I don't like the way that Buffalo kind of backdoored into the into the bowl eligibility. We have been playing the fade the Mac, so I'm probably going to have to uh, to stick with it. But it's hard to bet on Clay Helton in a bowl game. So for that reason, I'm just going to go ahead and bet the over. 
67 sounds like a high number, but I'm not worried. Their quarterback's actually not that bad at Georgia Southern. He threw for like 4,000 yards this year, so he's not yes. bad. Buffalo, they put up points, so we'll see. I like the over. <laughs> Tom, Tom, before you pick, mm-hmm. I just went to ESPN to see any stats on this game. And I don't know his first name, but the quarterback on Buffalo is a C. Snyder. A C. Snyder. Do you want to elaborate or change your pick based on this information? I'm not. Like, gonna... How do you think Buffalo's going to play? <laughs> a lot of a lot of one man isos. Um, it, it's too the C. Snyder thing is too convoluted. We'll we'll spend thirty minutes for me trying to explain why that's hilarious. But, you know, we'll enjoy a laugh. Uh, Ryan said exactly what I was going to say. It almost sounds like you're reading off my notes exactly. It's so, so hard to bet on Clay Helton. But you have to pick Georgia Southern. Buffalo uh, lost three of their last four. I mean, when you say backed into a bowl, lost three of last four and won the final game 23-22 against the really bad Akron team that we've talked about that, you know, we'll have a coach on the tarmac report next year for sure. So, uh, you just can't bet on them. Um, home field ish, you know, Georgia Southern's pretty close to Montgomery, uh, a Southern team versus a Northern team and just, you know, a bad year for the Mac. I think, uh, Georgia Southern has to be the pick in this. Um, and then like Ryan said, no feel on the total, but this seems like one of those games where you just, you know, taking over and sit back and have fun and watch for like a 42 35 type game. Excellent analysis guys. I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fade uh, UB uh, with you. All right, let's move on to the serve pro first responder bold from Gerald J Ford stadium in Dallas, Texas. It's a lot of information. Uh, Memphis, Utah State, Memphis minus seven and a half, 12th year quarterback, Seth, Seth Hennigan, still at the helm for Memphis, uh, taking on Utah State, both teams six and a half, or six and six, sorry. Uh, Memphis minus seven and a half, total 60 and a half. Um, this line opened way up. Uh, Memphis, like by 11, it's dropped all the way down to seven and a half. Not sure why. Uh, Ryan, you're a resident Memphis expert. Take it away. Yeah, this is um, this is a weird one. I'm not. I yeah. I hate the half. I hate the half point. I would recommend if you're going to bet this, to bet the over. That's the play in this game. Utah State. I mean, their last three games of the season were 41-34, 35-31, and 42-23. So, a lot of points. That's and that's by the way, 42-23 at Boise. Which like, yeah, that's crazy. So mm-hmm. I think Memphis is going to score a bunch of points. I hate laying seven and a half. That's just a, that's a huge number for a bowl game. So I'm going to bet the over in this. It's pretty good. Tom. Yeah. Once again, I think Ryan really nails it. Um, Utah state is down several people. Um, Calvin Tyler jr. Going to the NFL, you know, top two QBs probably out because of injury starting cornerbacks, both injured, expected to play, but not a hundred percent Memphis. Um, last I checked, no injuries or opt-outs. They're one of the few teams that seem to be at full strength. So 
I like mm. Memphis to win, but the 7.5 is always uh, the most problematic line. Um, so I'll probably, uh, I'll probably take Memphis on a low, low confidence and an over on a slightly higher confidence. I'd also like to say uh, that the first responder bowl should pl- be played in New York City, not Dallas, home of the 9-11 first responders, right. not the mm-hmm. city that uh, famously let a president get shot and then couldn't catch the guy who did it. So That's they, a good point. They, they responded poorly in their most uh, critical <laughs> time, whereas New York City is the true city of first responders. Please move this game to Shea Stadium next year. That's a really good point, Tom. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go Memphis. It seems like Memphis beat all the teams they're supposed to this year and lost to all the teams that they were supposed to. Um, it feels like they're supposed to beat Utah State. Um Give me their offense over a quarterback in Utah State with 11 touchdowns and nine picks on the year. That's just that's just not good. Um, can okay. I can I clarify something? When I say that they didn't catch the guy yes. who uh, shot JFK, a lot of people are thinking, you know, well they caught they caught him eventually, you know, at a movie theater. No. I'm not talking about Oswald. I'm talking about the real shooter, the smoking man. Yes, he was uncaught. There was a full episode about that clearly showing he never got caught um okay let's move on here to the ticket smarter birmingham bowl uh protective stadium birmingham alabama east carolina minus seven and a half total 62 over coastal carolina well the big news out of this one is that grayson mccall is going to play in this bowl game finally healthy for the first time in two months and then is transferring after the game um, so this is his last hurrah. Interesting to see where he will transfer to. It should be a pretty good school. Uh, we were talking about it last episode. I think he should go to Miami, somewhere on the eastern seaboard in that general region. Um, maybe Miami, I don't know, Florida. Maybe you can go to Florida. Is that an option? Question mark. Florida's got, I mean, Florida will have a need at QB. I mean, I'm not saying he's the right fit or he'll go there, but like Florida will have a need. Miami will probably have a need, you know, if, Mm. if they decide he's not that level, you know, someplace like Maryland or Virginia will probably have Georgia. Um, I mean, Georgia probably in the mix. Right. Um, I I honestly don't know like what level he's going to land at. Like, is he a top tier starting quarterback. I mean, he was great on coastal, but like, would he be good enough to start on a Georgia team or does he belong more the like a Maryland, reason, Virginia? The only reason I mentioned it, that is I saw a quote from Kirby smart today and they said, you know, you're, you won the national title last year, your number one ranked team this year, and you didn't recruit any quarterbacks. Is there any reason why and he said, yeah, because the transfer portals loaded with them. Uh, so that might be Grayson McCall. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it kind of feels like Georgia's the pick. Anyway, um, I'm taking coastal Carolina. Uh, I feel like they're going to stir the pot one last time with some magic. Um, I think Grayson McCall really wants to go out a winner, um, for coastal Carolina. Uh, plus you're getting seven and a half. So even if they don't a close game, you still cover. So give me coastal in the seven and a half. Um, I don't know a lot about Eastern Carolina this year or East Carolina. Um, Tom, go right ahead. Uh, sure. I mean, I'll, I can start by telling you a little bit about East Carolina. Um, they are an enigma. 
They uh, had high scoring games against Temple, Memphis, and USF. Uh, less production when they played better teams like BYU and Cincy. In November, they scored three points against Houston. So they seem to be, you know, producing sort of at the level of their opponent. Um, so, you know, if they play a team with less of a defense like Coastal, I expect them to score some points. Um, they are missing their center uh, due to the portal. They're missing their best tight end as an opt-out. Um Coastal also missing their center. I wish there was a prop for there will be a fumbled snap because I would take that in a heartbeat in this game with two backup centers playing. But, uh, you know, I don't think you can find that on most boards. Um, You know, uh, Jamie Chadwell going off to Liberty, uh, not coaching, I think makes an impact. Uh, I do want to point out that the coach for Coastal for this game will be the defensive coordinator named Chad Staggs, which is a pretty sweet college football name. Um, and another thing I just want to mention, I mean, you mentioned it that, you know, Grayson will play and then transfer. We haven't really talked about that, but this is a thing that's sort of new this year. And I think it's great. I've been talking to other people that, you know, we really appreciate the fact that guys are, um, transferring, but they still get to play at the school they're transferring from. So they, they kind of complete the full season and bowl, and then they go off and transfer. It really makes sense. Like they shouldn't have to sit out or they shouldn't, um, choose to sit out, you know, unless they want to opt out, there's, there's no reason they can't like actually play in the game and then transfer or even announce their intentions, but still stay around to play. I think it's better for the game of college football that we have that. And as opposed to like a couple years ago, a guy like Grayson McCall would have just like not played and this game would have been far shittier for it. So with Grayson in his last game, I'm going to take the points in this game, but I do think ECU is going to win. So East Carolina win, coastal cover, and uh, over. Coaching changes, Grayson playing, coastal's awful defense. Thinking over is the pick. Okay, I like it. Let's let's move on to the guaranteed rate bowl right here in Phoenix, Arizona at Chase Field. Oh my God, you guys got the worst uh, one. We did get the worst bowl. I'm waiting for this one to be good any year because tickets are always like $20. Like it's cheaper to see this than Avatar 2. But I can't find a game that's <laughs> But there's that's less star, there's fewer stars. It's the worst possible ever. So Wisconsin Oklahoma State, Wisconsin minus three and a half, um, total forty-three. Wisconsin, um, no Graham Mertz, about 15 other transfers. Luke Fickle, their new coach, isn't coaching, but he's involved in the game planning, whatever that means. He said he said he'll be, quote, around. Okay. Uh, then you got Oklahoma State, no Spencer Sanders, which is probably a good thing, except where their backups are absolutely terrible. Uh, they can't even play football whatsoever. One of them is actually uh, Mike Gundy's son, who is literally terrible. And you know he's going to play in this bowl game. He's going to get his son in a bowl game. His name, can I just interject? His name is Gunner Gundy. And uh, Wisconsin's backup is uh, named Chase Wolf. So the QB matchup in this game is going to be Gunner Gundy versus Chase Wolf. Sounds like an under. Um, I cannot pick a side, but I will take under 43 and pretend like this game is not happening. Tom, it involves Wisconsin. Go right ahead. I've got so many notes. There's so many things to yeah, talk sure about, even though it's bad. Like, first off, 
Luke Fickle just kind of like hanging around um, and not coaching, <laughs> but he's like, he's going to be there. Jim Leonard. Uh, I recall Jim Leonard like was going to stay on, you know, and be Fickle's DC. Uh, you know, that's what I heard. And now apparently he's not, he's going to leave after this game. So this is like the farewell to Jim Leonard. Uh, although who knows what's going to happen, but I, I think he's done now. So um, I guess that makes sense. It's actually easier to just say who's playing in this game, which is no one possibly Braylon Allen, Braylon Allen entered the portal and then changed his mind. Um, so it's unclear if he'll play or opt out, but uh, I guess he's coming back. Although these things seem to change by the day. Um, what else do I want to point out? Oklahoma state was ranked eighth at one point this season. Anyone remember that they took TCU to <laughs> over, ridiculous. they took TCU to overtime. I think wasn't, weren't they like ranked eighth and TCU was ranked ninth or seventh and eighth or something like yeah, that. Something like they that. played yeah, it went right. to o- overtime. TCU barely won. Our feeling at the time was like, Oh, TCU is really good. But Oklahoma's like Oklahoma state's right there. Uh, they had <laughs> beaten Baylor, Texas, Texas tech. Dan, I want to know, I want a 30 for 30 on what happened to Oklahoma state between October 22nd and October 29th, because they were ranked eighth in the country. You know, they were doing great. And then they went one and four in their last five. They lost to Kansas and Kansas state in back-to-back weeks by a total of 85 to 16. They lost to a bad Oklahoma team, a really bad West Virginia team, their only win during that stretch was against Iowa State by six points. So this is the ultimate trending down team of all time. Um, yeah, this game's bad. Um, I think you have to go Wisconsin. They're the team that's sort of trending up. They finished a little stronger than they started. They made a great hire with Luke Fickle. He hired Phil Longo of UNC to be his offensive coordinator, which we should mention, which is a very interesting choice. Um, they got their quarterback for next year, which is Nick Evers of uh, Oklahoma. So, and then Braylon Allen might play. So you got to take Wisconsin because Oklahoma State is just trending way down and wants this year over. And Wisconsin's looking to next year, and it's a send off for Jim Leonard. But man, this game is going to suck. Ryan, uh, take the under. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take the under and Dan already said it. Oklahoma state's backup quarterbacks are the worst in college football. <laughs> They're horrible. They're so horrible. bad. You cannot bet them at all. There's just nothing. You cannot bet them. So take Wisconsin, take the under hammer, the under hammer it yeah. first quarter, first half, second half game, all the under bets. First one to 13, first one to 13 wins the game. No one's scoring 14 points in this game. (laughs) 13, 10 is the final. In the previous four Wisconsin games, we have a total points of 39, 29, 34, 33. Uh, Oklahoma State, 43, 41, 34. So that's like seven in a row is basically went under. Uh, for these two teams, and now they have even less players playing in a game neither team cares about. So, yeah, this feels like uh, 16-6 is my prediction for this game. It's going to be terrible, and I'm not going. Yet again, I, one of these years we're going, 
but I, I, it's just, it's so fucking bad. I can't do it. All right. So thank God Tuesday's over with Tuesday. What a terrible slate of games that is. All right, let's move on to Wednesday, the 28th, starting to get a little bit better here. UCF against Duke in the military bowl presented by Periton. I don't know what that is. Uh, this is in Annapolis, Maryland at the Navy stadium. Uh, Duke minus three, total 62 and a half. Duke, eight and four. Tom Z's Duke Blue Devil football squad. Very scrappy. Uh, UCF, nine and four. Really weird. Um, John Reese Plumley really can't throw the football. Their backups aren't any better. Sometimes UCF scores 45. Sometimes they score six. It's Gus Malzahn. I don't know. Uh, Tom, you want to start this one because Duke's involved? Yeah, well, when I think of the U.S. military, I think of Duke football, first and foremost. Um, I can help clarify the UCF situation. John Reese Plumlee um, has an injury and will uh, likely not play, which means UCF will be down to their third-string quarterback. They're also missing several other players. Duke, another one of those um, rare teams that is missing no one, no, uh, well, you know, I haven't checked this in a few days, but they they had no opt-outs, no portal guys. They seem to be a full-strength team. So um, I'm going to take Duke for that reason, and I'm going to take an under when you have a third-string QB involved and the total's like 62.5. That's pretty high. Ryan? Yeah, um, I like Duke. I'm going to take Duke in this game. Dan, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Houston, how some coaches just don't really give a shit about bowl games. Welcome to candidate number two, Gus Malzahn. Yep. He has coached in, or let's see, when he was at Auburn, he coached in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bowl games. He lost five of them. Hmm. And these aren't like, you know, so he lost bowl. He lost in the BCS game, lost in the Outback Bowl, lost in the Sugar Bowl, lost in the Peach Bowl, lost another Outback Bowl. You know what bowl games he won? The Birmingham Bowl and the Music City Bowl. Mm. He does not care about bowl games at all. Duke is excited. They have a new lease on life at, in the college football world. This, to me, is a high-confidence Duke pick. Okay. Um, I'm going with Duke as well. Uh, I think UCF sucks. That's all I got to say about that. Let's move on to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl from Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. I like this bowl game because it's AutoZone, and I know that company because they're on every corner. Um, Kansas, Arkansas. Arkansas minus three, total 69. I'll start this one. I like Arkansas a lot in this game. KJ Jefferson's healthy. He's playing in this game. And I feel Kansas, much like UConn, was happy to be at a bowl game, but they're not actually any good. And I think Arkansas just hands the ball off up the middle and runs for nine yards on every single carry. Kansas can't stop them. And eventually they tap out. So big fan of Arkansas minus three in this game. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Um. Yeah, this is probably it's probably the right analysis. Arkansas is the superior team. Physically, they are the superior team in this game as well. Um, it is a matter of motivation. 
I don't know if Arkansas really cares that much about this game. I think they started the year with some high hopes. Injury bug got them and kind of derailed their season. We mentioned earlier they lost their last game of the year against Missouri, who's trash. So I don't really like the way that they ended things. But the three-point spread makes it a lot better. This should be about a a six-and-a-half point line. This should be Arkansas minus six. And the fact that it's three, I think I'm getting like a free three points on this. So I'd probably lean towards Arkansas in this game. Uh, but real quick, I do want to shout out real quick. Uh, shout out to JetBlue Airlines. Uh, because of them, I will get to watch the UCF Duke game uh, while flying back from Rochester to Phoenix. I get to watch uh, JetBlue. Thank you for having the free TV. Excited to watch bowl games in the air. Absolutely. Tom. I once watched watched a uh, Penn State, Michigan State game on a plane. And it's uh, super nice. It's especially with a longer flight like that. It's nice to have like a three and a half hour game as opposed to like two different movies that you don't really care about. Um, I, I will saw, say that sometimes the uh, buffering on the plane is not the best. So, you know, mentally prepare yourself for a, you know, maybe not a, the smoothest feed. I will say I did get to see uh, the time when Peyton Manning broke the touchdown record, the all-time NFL touchdown record. Um, I actually got to watch that on a plane because I got – free upgrade to first class the first and only time in my life i ever flew first class was after my brother's wedding when i was flying back here to arizona and they uh delayed my flight out of syracuse to the point where i was not going to be able to make my connection uh in chicago so they uh, they said that they would the only other flight to get to phoenix was on a different airline and there was only one seat available in first class. And they said, we'll give it to you for no charge. Uh, we'll, we'll pay the difference. So yeah, I got to the only time I ever got to sit in first class. I got to watch Peyton Manning break the all time touchdown record, uh, and eat a nice pasta dinner. That was nice. Pasta primavera on the plane. Dan, you ever flown first class? Nope. Yeah, me neither. I just, you know, I'm happy for you, Ryan, but you know, I do think that, um, no one from Syracuse should fly first class. Like there shouldn't, no. there shouldn't be a first class for Sy- going out of Syracuse. They should just, no, no, there is no, no, that is true. There is no first class. That was the puddle jumper plane. But when I connected in Chicago oh. from Chicago to Phoenix, I got to sit in first class Okay, in the okay. first row. I was, I was, when you walk onto the plane, so I was on the left-hand side window seat row one of first class so everyone who walked on the plane like i was like the first face they saw which was hilarious because i kept leaning over to the guy next to me asking him like how this works like the woman walks by she got like a big basket of fruit she's like fruit and i'm like how much she's like no just take it and they're like what would you like for dinner i'm like no i'm okay she's like it's free and i'm like really and i kept leaning over to the guy next to me i'm like is this free he's like yeah i'm like what do i do He's like, get it together, you new money loser. Yeah, correct. All right, let me make a, a very quick pick. Um, I actually think this is one of the highest confidence picks toward uh, Arkansas minus three. I think Arkansas is vastly superior, and Kansas, as you mentioned, 
they're kind of in that Syracuse UConn class where it's a very nice story. I'm happy they made a bowl, but like they're not on the level of any SEC team really. Uh, and then KJ Jefferson returning, uh, of course, makes all the difference. Now Arkansas will be without um, Drew Sanders and Bumper Pool at the linebacker position, which I think is something to watch. You know, Sanders is a first team All SEC, and Bumper Pool a great contributor also. And then their uh, first team All SEC center also opting out. Uh, and then, of course, we can comment on this in a minute, but uh, Barry Odom, defensive coordinator, held, headed to UNLV to um, get together with Bobby Petrino, which I do want you to so talk good. about. Also, uh, rumors about Kendall Bryles. Um, so that's something we got to watch. You know, if Arkans- if he actually takes a job in the next week and they're without both coordinators, then I might reconsider this. Um, but I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the total's high for a reason. I think Arkansas is a better team, but with, um, you know, some of their opt-outs and stuff, Kansas will score some points as they have all season. So really like Arkansas, really like an over in this game. And I think of all the games we've mentioned today, this will be a fun one to watch. Maybe the best so far. Kansas allowing 195 yards rushing per game on the season. Uh, I feel like Arkansas is going to rush for 300. That's Mm -hmm. my prediction for this game. Dan, UNLV. Odom and mm-hmm. Petrino together. Yep. What's there to talk about? It's genius. It's UNLV football. Roll the dice. You're in Las Vegas, literally, and hire both of those guys. It's genius because prostitution is legal in Las Vegas. So Petrino yeah. doesn't have to worry about sneaking He's around fine. with any bullshit. He can just go and get it done legally. No questions <laughs> get asked. Get it done. That's right. Okay. Um, I would like to point out that I rigged my uh, work schedule so that I open on Wednesday the 28th and I'm home by 3 p.m. and I do not return to work until January 3rd. So I I get home for the Kansas-Arkansas game to start my full (laughs) lockdown, which was the right decision. Um, It's it's a good call. This next game is the best one of the so far. That's I'm like I plan I'm like where can I I'm like I'm working Monday Tuesday this is stupid all right Wednesday at three I need to be home that's enough of this all right here we go San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl Petco Park San Diego California Oregon UNC Oregon now fourteen and a half point favorite total seventy three uh, Bo Nix coming back. Again, trying to win the Heisman next year on the West Coast. He's not going to, but he's going to try to win the Heisman next year. Uh, Drake May has been offered, rumored, $5 million to transfer. Um, I think that's true. Um, Narduzzi, by the way, (laughs) broke that news himself in anger. So uh, (laughs) just when you thought we weren't going to talk any pit football wrong what's he um, mad about he's got phil Jerkovich coming in he doesn't yeah. need anyone and the french canadian from penn and, state and smoke christian <laughs> christian video drinking molson triple x and smoking benson and hedges <laughs> um anyway this line keeps getting bigger because as we talked about many times this year gene chiggins is the defensive coordinator for north carolina and 
a healthy Oregon should be able to score a trillion points on them. North Carolina has not looked good. The argument for UNC is that they have Drake May, and they can score points, but their number one receiver, Josh Downs, isn't playing. Downs is going to be great in the NFL. Uh, I like Oregon. I don't know if I can lay the 14 and a half. 73 is a hell of a number for a for total as well. Um, Vegas clearly has had enough. This line probably should be Oregon minus 10, total 67, but they're like, fuck it. 14 and a half, 73 it is. Ryan, go ahead and tell me why it's not high enough. Correct, Dan. This line should be <laughs> 89 and a half. That's the Ryan over under index puts this at 89 and a half. We are taking overs. We are taking first half overs. We are taking player prop overs. This is the game. Dan, we need this to be a four and a half hour football game. It will be. With 112 points. I need you to come <laughs> and pick me up at halftime from the airport. And uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch a second half and just laugh and laugh and laugh and make Gene Chiggins jokes mm-hmm. for an hour and a half straight. I can't wait. You cannot make this line high enough. Analysis over. Z. So I actually predicted the final score of this game. Uh, I've got it at 97 points. Oregon 59, UNC 38. 100 points is on the table. The uh, 59 is the exact number I had for Oregon, Tom. I love you. Keep going. Okay. So you got UNC struggling a bit then. UNC has done a, you know, there've been some moves that, you know, are not potentially going to help them. For example, having a, an offensive coordinator who's done an amazing job who had left and a defensive coordinator who's been possibly the worst in the sport who's staying. So that doesn't bode great. Um, Mm. the, the, this is a, this is like all bowl games, a lot of question marks. And the biggest is at the offensive coordinator, coaching positions. So Phil Longo to Wisconsin. Also, I don't think we've mentioned this really, or certainly not this week, but Kenny Dillingham, obviously down in your territory is the new coach at uh, Arizona state. So, yeah, I love it. So uh, we have two backup offensive coordinators, you know, other guys calling plays. So how will that affect the offenses? Who knows? Uh, you got to kind of consider those, you know, a non-entity when betting uh, UNC. Um, Three of their secondary are in the portal. Uh, Cornerbacks, Tony Grimes, Storm Duck, awesome name, and then safety, Cameron Kelly. A lot of guys named Cameron in college football right now, and I'm pretty sure it's because they were born uh, right around the time that Cameron was a famous rapper. So that's, He's still a famous rapper. Well, Watch your mouth. Okay. When he first came out with that, like, you drink, you drink, we smoke song. I love Cameron. I'll let I'll let okay. that slide. But yes, when he when he had his breakout when he, when he broke through, I think all these kids would have been born that year. So a lot of Camerons around. Um, yeah, Josh Downs out. You mentioned uh, Dante Thornton, the wide receiver of Oregon, also out. So there's going to be some new weapons that emerge in this game. I think the best bet is a no defense bowl game with 97 points. Enjoy. 
Okay, uh, let's move on. The Tax Act Texas Bowl from NRG Stadium in Houston. Um, is this like the Tax Act of like 1797 or something like that? They're referencing that? Yes, this is actually just a, a law that was passed in the Reconstruction okay. era. Very good. Texas Tech against Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus three and a half, total 69 and a half. Um, I know Texas Tech is good as an underdog, yada, yada. But look, Ole Miss could run the football on anybody. It's Texas Tech's defense. Lay the three and a half. That's my short analysis on this one. Ryan, what you got? Yeah, this is a tough one. It feels like a snap call Ole Miss. But this is another case of, does Lane Kiffin actually care about bowl games? Mm, I'm not sure. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This is, I'd love to take an over in this spot, but this is another one that's, Ole Miss just runs the ball so well. And if they just get running and running and running, the clock just, just disappears on you. So this is a bit of a stay away. I'm excited to watch this game. I think this is going to be one of the, the better games of the bowl season competitively. So I'm probably going to lean Ole Miss and a slight under probably actually. All right. I'm Please. so glad. Yeah. We seem to really be on the same page today because I wrote my first note was fun game, high scoring, but this line is very high sneaky under question mark. Uh, 38, 30 still under. Yeah. That's a lot of friggin' points. Yeah. And Ole Miss is not like, they're not the like firepower team that we remember from a couple of years ago. Like they do have a decent offense, but a lot of running, as you said, you know, controlling the possession, um, mobile quarterback. So I do like an under a lot. Um, this is a rare game where both teams are pretty much at full strength. I think it's one of the few games like that this whole bowl season. So, you know, who's the better team straight up. You don't really have to consider all of these transfer portals and all that stuff. I think I like Ole Miss and certainly with the points. So Ole Miss and an under. And by the way, why would you do tax act when you can do tax slayer? Do you want to, do you want to act on your taxes or do you want to slay them? Murder your taxes? Well, well, because tax slayer has already got the gator bowl, Tom. Yeah. I'm just saying as a consumer of these products, one is called Tax Act, and one is called Tax Slayer. Tax Act seems very weak. Like, I want to slay, I want to decapitate my taxes. I don't just want to act on them. Fair enough. And boo and boo on TurboTax, the most popular of all of them who doesn't have a bowl game. Shame on yep. you. Come on, Turbo. Where are you at? I know you make enough money. TurboTax should, should do like Oregon UNC. They should do one of those ones where the over-under is 90. That's a good point. Well, it's it's time. We're going yes. to Thursday the 29th. <clears throat> the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Syracuse, Minnesota. Syracuse 7-5 and five, as expected. There were some delusional people for a minute who thought that they, you know, might make a, a big, big bowl game. But we all knew it was the pinstripe bowl. This is where they belong. Playing Minnesota, a thrilling football team. Uh, Minnesota is favored by 10 points, total 42. 
I have no idea who's injured, who's playing, who's not. Tom, you got any information that will help us decipher this garbage game? Uh, yes. So I'll just stick to the big ones. Um, Tanner Morgan for Minnesota will probably not play. Uh, questionable, mm-hmm. but but I would I would bet no if I had to pick. Which means their backup, uh, Ethan Kaliakmanis, uh, the other Greek freak, will be probably playing. <laughs> He's, I, I actually saw him, uh, the whiteout game against Penn state. He played the whole game. He did show some flashes of brilliance where I was like, Oh, that's a pretty nice pass from a backup, but he hasn't really put it together. So it's a significant decline at quarterback. You know, the one, like the best player or second best player on Minnesota. Um, uh, Sean Tucker is now out. So that's obviously just huge for Syracuse. And that's why the line has moved from, you know, seven and a half to 10. Um, that's just a killer. Syracuse also offensive coordinator is headed to NC state defensive coordinator mm-hmm. is headed to Nebraska. The, losing both your coordinators for the same position at another school is not, it It doesn't say good things about the program. I mean, it's one thing to like be a Mac team and both of your coordinators become coordinators in the big 10 or both of your coordinators leave you know, like an Oregon coordinator leaves to become a head coach. That's fine. When they both just take essentially a lateral move, it's not great. Um, Minnesota running back coach named uh, Ken Burns is now the new head coach of Kent State. So uh, Mac 2024 looks like Ken Burns will be one of our guys. Uh, pretty big leap to me to be a running back and assistant head coach in Minnesota and now be a head coach in the Mac. Um, seems like they could have got a bigger name, but they, unlike most Mac teams, they did not take a guy who was fading out of the public consciousness. They took a guy who was on the rise. So kudos to Kent state, um, man, uh, Syracuse just looks awful. And with no Sean Tucker, I don't know how you bet on them. Minnesota is not great, especially without Tanner Morgan, but there's, it's one of those games where there's just no option. How could you ever, how could you bet on Syracuse? Say you bet on Syracuse. Sean Tucker's not there. It's 20 degrees and Minnesota jumps out to a 14 0 lead with like two minutes left in the first. You just be like, God damn, I'm an idiot. Like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Ryan, what'd you think? Under 42 seems like a pretty easy bet to me. Uh, I mean, this this could go anywhere from 30 to 10 Minnesota to 24, six Minnesota, somewhere in that range. So <laughs> a lot of variety possible uh, for that the range. We got a bit of a range here. Uh, like a range so yeah, situation. I'm going to take the under 10 points is a massive amount. But like Tom said, if you take Syracuse, you feel like an asshole. So Probably stay away from the line, but I, I will sprinkle a little on the under that cold Bronx afternoon. Not going to be great. Notice that the, uh, the, the line moved by three points and the total didn't move at all. So everyone's just saying like, Oh, SU SU's just getting worse. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound crazy. I kind of like Syracuse in this game. I don't know why. I just don't trust Minnesota laying double digits. I think Syracuse will find a way to slop this out and lose like 20 to 16. Um, 
defensive score, blocked punt, something, some garbage. But give me the 10 with Syracuse. I don't like it, but that's what I'm going to pick. I'm not actually going to wager real money on this, but for argument's sake, give me Syracuse. I mean, they are essentially the home team, so you've got that going for you. Um, Let's move on to the Cheez-It Bowl at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Nice little bowl game here. Oklahoma. Florida State, Florida State minus nine, total 65 and a half. I actually have a pretty strong pick on this one, but I'll, I'll save it. Uh, Ryan, go right ahead. Uh, I have a strong pick on this. I have an extreme high confidence in Florida State in this spot. I think Oklahoma is awful, and they're getting worse because they're losing a pile of players to the portal. Florida State, nine and three. They should be playing a much better bowl game against a much better team. This is an easy, easy spot for me. I'm taking Florida State. High, high confidence. Z. Completely agree. Uh, I would take Florida State in this line in the regular season. Uh, And then even before Oklahoma lost those games, Oklahoma is not the Oklahoma we know and love. And I think this line is a little swayed by, you know, you like, you know, the Notre Dame effect, as you would call it, like the public just thinking about Oklahoma and thinking about, you know, the greats, the Adrian Petersons, the Bob Stoopses, et cetera. Like this Oklahoma team is just not good. And this to me is a pretty easy pick. Florida State, I also think the total's too high with Oklahoma not being that great. So uh, Florida State and an underhook. All right. Uh not so fast, my friends. I like Ooh. Oklahoma quite, quite a bit in this game. Um, if you look into the numbers a little bit, Oklahoma lost the game earlier in the year by seven points, and they got blown out two weeks in a row when Dylan Gabriel got hurt. Following that game, the last six games of the year, they went three and three. Three wins and three losses by three points. Uh, give me ten points here. Uh, I watched the Florida State-Florida game at the end of the year. Uh, Florida did whatever they wanted on offense against Florida State, went up and down the field on them. I was not impressed with Florida State, and I know Oklahoma's had a bad year, but I think this is a spot for a first-year coach and Venables to uh, finish with a winning record instead of a losing record. And I think Florida State's not going to have any motivation playing in Florida in a game where they feel like they should be on a better bowl game than December 29th. Motivation to Oklahoma. They lose close. Give me Dylan Gabriel back in the state of Florida. Sneaky play like Oklahoma plus the nine. Wow. Kudos, Dan. Thank you. Speaking of the state of Florida, because we mentioned it earlier, Grayson McCall will not be transferring to Florida Mm -hmm. because Graham Mertz just transferred there. Yeah, I just saw that on the bottom line. He was was going to go to Kentucky. I guess that changed because of – What's his name? Going Cash. Uh, Dennis Dennis Leary <laughs> going to have some Dennis Leary coffee yes. flavored coffee in Kentucky has changed everything <laughs> around. Right. Chicken flavored chicken, bourbon flavored bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Speaking of the bourbon, it's coming out again for the Sark Bowl. We got the Valero <laughs> Alamo <laughs> Bowl. That is right. Good transition, Tom. You set me up. That is, I have forgotten until you brought it back. I didn't Sark mean Bowl. to do that. Well, you did it. Texas, Washington, Texas minus four, total 67 and a half. Two of my favorite teams. Uh, I'm a Longhorns fan, but now I'm also a Washington Huskies fan. I love that team. They lost two games this year. Um, 
where they were highly competitive in both, just uh, let the game get away from them a little bit. Um, had a ton of injuries in one of them. But anyway, uh, Bijan Robinson out, backup running back out, uh, stud defender out for Texas. Washington, everybody playing. I like Washington quite a bit in this game. I think they win outright. I don't think Texas is really that good. Uh, Quinn Ewers needs to pack his shit up as well because it's going to be arch time sooner than later. Hudson Card has already packed all of his stuff up and left, which is very wise. Um, look, I just love this Washington offense. I think if you give uh, their head coach a month to prepare for this game, he's going to put on a show. So give me the over as well. Washington's defense is not that good. It's on turf at the Alamo Bowl. This is the same 67-point total as the legendary Purdue-Kansas State Bowl game of 1997, our first real wager in sports betting history. It seems perfect that it's Texas-Washington in 67 again. I will be betting this over 1,000% and heavily, uh, plus inflation. So if I bet $200, if we bet $200 in 97, what do I got to wager in 2012? Well, we each bet. There was four of us, right? And do we each put down 50, 50? bucks each? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know how to do inflation math, but I can look I got to wager up. a couple hundred on this. Yeah. Ryan, you go ahead. I think I, I need can to figure this it's out. It's like 350. I think I got to put on this. But Ryan, go ahead. I'll take a swig of this Manhattan. Enjoy that cocktail. Uh, yeah, this is an easy pick for me. I think this is, this is Washington. I think they're going to win this game outright, and I think they're going to win it convincingly. So to get plus four on this is is unbelievable. I would still recommend taking Moneyline. You're going to get way better payouts, and I have extreme confidence in the Moneyline on this. Love the overhook. And yeah, who am I going to bet on this game? Let's see. Idiot hick quarterback with a mullet who's getting replaced in a week or the lefty. Gee, I wonder who I'm going to root for. Maybe the lefty. So yeah, big, big Penix energy going on over here. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Big fan. Heisman campaign starts in this game. That's right. Tom, did I steal your thunder? Yes. It's unbelievable how similar our, you know, comments and notes are, I said Penix playing and returning next year, start the Heisman campaign. Um, mm-hmm. I also, uh, have, I like, I would have liked Washington at, you know, full strength before the opt outs in this game. I, I think Washington's a better team or I certainly would have taken four and a half points with them. So I'm on board with UW outright and an over, and I have pulled up the U S inflation calculator. Uh, Thank you. I, I entered some numbers it was 1999, correct? Was that original? Yeah, right. close, something like close that. Close enough. Yeah. So if in enter year 1999, I purchased an item for $50, I guess you could call this purchasing an item. Then mm-hmm. in 2022, that same item would cost, do you want to take some guesses or should I just tell you? $95. 82. Ooh, we split the difference. $89.35. So are we down to each put ninety dollars on the over? Yeah, so about three sixty. I said about three fifty. I got a bet on the over. Sounds good. I'll screenshot my uh, betting ticket and send it your way. 
All right. Sounds good. Perfect. I'm in. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, all right. Five games left to go tonight. We're going to do these five. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go do five. these games on the 30th. We can go a little quicker on these cause they are. Okay. Not great. Maryland, NC state, and the Duke's Mayo bowl. I've not had Duke's Mayo. I need to try it. I like Mayo on a chicken sandwich. That's about it. Uh, fun fact, bank of America stadium, Charlotte, North Carolina, pick them total 47 and a half bunch of wide receivers have opted out for Maryland. Uh, NC state, good defense, terrible offense. Tom, what you like? Uh, I like an under, first of all, uh, NC state offensive coordinator gone. He's the new head coach at coastal Dennis Leary. As we said, wants some bourbon flavored bourbon in Kentucky, NC state, you know, it's not like they're just losing him. They've already lost their backup and their third stringer earlier in the year for injuries and other stuff, uh, portal, whatever. They will be playing their fourth string quarterback in this game. Uh, Maryland, whose only strength was its passing game, loses their two greatest wide receivers. So I would love to know how anyone's going to score a point, let alone 48 points. I don't I mean, I don't, I'll take the big 10, I guess, if I got to pick a side, but the, okay, seems sounds good. Pick. Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to take Maryland in this spot. NC state is awful without Leary, like really, really trash without him. So I'm going to take Maryland and the under, uh, I'll, I'll take the team with the superior defense. Give me NC state. I don't like it. All right, let's move on here to Tony, the Tigers sun bowl. At the Sun Bowl. This one's all you In El Paso, Texas. Now, why is this not called the Frosted Flakes Bowl, which I find strange? It should be the Frosted Flakes Bowl, but that's that's not here nor there. Um, Anyway, yeah, this is all me. UCLA minus three and a half over under 54. Everything points to UCLA. Better team, a lot of talent. Chip Kelly, Izzy Abandicanda's out. Slovis is out. Pitt's backup quarterback suck. Everything points to UCLA, which is why you're going to want to bet Pitt plus the three Thank and a you. half with Nard Dog. This is a classic Nard Dog situation. Do not be fooled by any of the intangibles or X's and O's. He will find a game, way to lose this game by three points. I don't care if you're down 17 with three minutes to go. There will be two backdoor scores. Give me Pitt in the three and a half. Tom. update uh, that's the 100 correct analysis that everything <laughs> yes, points is. to ucla on paper you cannot make a case for pit but nard no. dogs there so they're obviously going to win outright uh i just want to say two things uh number one well three things i guess number one nick patty the backup for pit also i think is going to be out of this game because of injury so they're going to be on their third stringer which only strengthens our case uh number mm-hmm. two as we mentioned, Pitt bringing in Phil Jerkovic from BC, which I think is perfect, Dan, because then he can just uh, rent an apartment now and just stay there when he becomes the starting quarterback for the Steelers in 2024. Love it. Uh, and then uh, Keaton in the portal. Uh, he's met with BYU, Notre Dame, and UCLA, but he's originally from Arizona. So uh, has Kenny Dillingham made a call yet? You he's already got two not interested. You don't yeah, want him. He's already got. <laughs> not they, already interested. got two, they already got two in the portal. He is not not needed. Okay, we're not bringing him in. All right, moving on. He might go to NAU up in Flagstaff. That's about his only option. Uh, Ryan, any pick on this game? 
Do not tap Nard Dog. Be careful, whatever you do. You might want to pick a total here. This is amazing. Here's my pick in this game. Here's here's my pick. My pick in this game, and I wish there was a prop you could bet this. The over-under number of timeouts remaining entering the fourth quarter. <laughs> over-under one and a half total between both Correct. teams. Correct. Zero. That is the number, Dan. Burned. If, they're, if they have more than one timeout combined remaining going into the fourth quarter, I will be shocked. That is the prop that I wish I could bet. These coaches are amazing. I'm going to go ahead and say the boldest thing I've ever said on this podcast, gentlemen. And here it comes. I think I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. DTR will be the backup quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, no. Oh, I did not the, see that. He's the Josh Allen. No. QB3. He's going to be the QB3. They're no taking him in the seventh round. I'm calling it right now. DTR will be on the Bad. Bills. Oh, QB3. Mm. Okay, three. There's no way he's going to be the backup. No. I thought you were going to say vet. tip money line. No, they're going to. Yeah, sorry. They're, no, they're going to they're gonna have their vet backup on the one-year deal but then they need to develop somebody because Matt Barkley is not that guy. So I'm going to say the Bills are going to take DTR to be the third-string scout team quarterback. Ugh. I feel like mm-hmm. Dennis Leary is going to be in, on, in Buffalo one of these days. Um, I, first off, I like the idea of changing this to the clock management bowl. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was going to be a tie, like somehow they would just end in a tie. It might happen. <laughs> Nard Dog will find a way. All right, let's move on here. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Notre Dame, South Carolina. Uh, Drew Pine has transferred out of Notre Dame. They have some other defections. South Carolina feeling pretty damn good about themselves after beating Tennessee and Clemson to end the year. Notre Dame minus two, total 52. I think the wrong team's favored. I know that sounds insane. But I think South Carolina is going to win this game. Um, don't know about a total lean over. Notre Dame's more physical, and they're, they have some good coaches. I know Rattler's involved, but I, I just don't think Notre Dame's going to score enough points. That backup quarterback was so bad for Notre Dame the first month of the year. Just, I don't think they can keep up. So, He's gone, anyway, too. They're, on, South the, they're on the third stringer. That's, that probably helps, actually. Um, probably. Anyway, I like South Carolina. Tom, what do you think? Uh, you mean South Carolina, the number one best team in the country, December through present? Yep, ranked number one if you look at just those results. Yeah. Um, this is a tough one because Rattler will play, but um, they have three NFL talent level guys at running back, cornerback, and D-line who are all opting out. So that hurts their their case as um, winning. But Notre Dame, I think, is even in bigger trouble. They're down to the third-string quarterback. Uh, funny, my notes and say uh, down to third-string quarterback Steve Angeli, period, can't be worse. Uh, and then Notre Dame is losing Mike Mayer, so that's huge. Uh, I mean, they've been so dependent on him this season and last season. Um, I think it's actually good for the long-term development if this quarterback's going to be the guy next year, it's nice that he's not just going to throw to the same tight end every single play. Cause that killed him. Like the second half of the season 
uh, but it doesn't bode well for this game. So I'm going to take SC and I'm going to take an over. Right. So you guys are both telling me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That you're going to give Marcus Freeman a month to prepare to play Spencer Rattler. And you're both going to take Spencer Rattler. It's not good, but that's what I'm saying. Yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Notre Dame more than anybody, and I'm taking Notre Dame in this spot. No, I think it's fine. I think Beamer's kind of a dick. I'm not a fan. I, I just I'm not a fan of Beamer. I don't know if he's a good coach or not. He was very close to the tarmac report before he got those two wins at the end of the year. I don't know. I mean, they were sitting at five and five, something like that, or or whatever they were, six and four, something like that. So, like, I don't know. I I can't I can't bet on South Carolina. I have no faith in Spencer Rattler. I think he is awful. Give me a month to prepare, and I can come up with a game plan to stop that clown. I'm taking Notre Dame. Okay, let's move on to a random, random bowl. Second to last one of the night. I should probably drink for this one. Barstool Sports Bowl. Arizona Bowl. Arizona Stadium in Tucson. Ohio, Wyoming. Okay, you got Ohio who lost the MAC championship, but somehow gets to go to Tucson, which is not bad, uh, against Wyoming. Uh, it's a pick for good reason. And the total is 43. Um, Ohio's quarterback got hurt. Uh, Rourke, who had 25 touchdowns and four picks on the year, the backup came in and scored seven points against the juggernaut defense of Toledo. Wyoming uh, is not good, and they've scored 0-17-13 in their last three games. Give me the under in this game. It's going to be terrible. Ryan, any, any pick on this? Well, this is an obvious one. I'm taking Wyoming. Fade the Mac, Josh Allen. All the Wyoming fans are just going to go down there for Tucson. They're going to party. They're all going out to Mexico and getting VD. And it's it's good because it's going to take them a full month. It's going to take them a full month to get back across the border and up to Glendale for the Super Bowl to watch Josh. So I'm taking Wyoming. Let's go. Um, this is some game. Ohio has the uh, first team, all Mac quarterback. He's injured. Uh, Wyoming is a running team. They are, they're missing four running backs because of the portal and injury. <laughs> Jesus. I'll take an under. Yeah. Uh, I would like to point out that I forgot to, um, give you my number one reason why Pitt is going to win the El Paso bowl. It's because, Sometimes coaches disappear into Juarez the night before the game and have a black guy on the stadium for the game, like Lane Kiffin did. Never forget the Lane Kiffin black eye at the Sun Bowl, which happened. So Chip Kelly, 35% chance he shows up with the black guy to this game. Just want to put that on record. Because because all right, because if Nardog goes across the border, he's kicking ass. He's giving the black guys. He's not taking them. You know this. Just wanted to add that little aside for anyone who didn't know the history of the Lane Kiffin black guy. 
All right, last game of the night. Orange Bowl, we finally made it to a BCS Bowl. Tennessee-Clemson. Oh, what this could have been. This could have been a playoff game, if not for two people. DJ and the ACL of Hendon Hooker, unfortunately. Um, therefore, we get Joe Milton against Cade Klubnick. Uh, Clemson minus six, total 63 and a half. Look, I, I cannot take Joe Milton under any circumstance. I know he's got a big arm, but I've seen I've seen some things out of him that you can't unsee. Some things you can't unsee, bro. And I've seen some stuff from Joe Milton that has burned in my head and cannot wager on him ever. So give me Cade playing 60 minutes minus six. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Well, here's all you need to know about Joe Milton is that he had to bounce from Michigan to make way for Cade McNamara, who then got bounced to make way for Dylan McCarthy. Then he went down to Tennessee and was back up to a Hendon Hooker in his 12th year, who turned out to be awesome, but nobody knew that at the time. So the, the true backup of Joe Milton will emerge at some point. Um, and then, you know, Hyatt and Tillman opting out. So that Tennessee offense basically decimated, you know, the team we loved earlier this year is no longer around. OC Alex, Alex Goulash. Is that how you say his name? Uh, Mm -hmm. He's the new head coach at South Florida, which by the way, we should just say shout out to South Florida for not hiring Scott Frost or John Gruden, as we alluded to in an earlier episode. Um, This is better. So um, this Yeah. I mean, this is a next year game, you know, Tennessee will be assessing like, what do they have going into next year and who do they have to go after in the portal? And you know, what do they got? Clemson kind of knows what they have, uh, mostly club Nick and some of the young players. And it's about just giving them playing time and letting them get started. So, um, Clemson has a better team in this game. They've got some defensive guys sticking around to play this club Nick, who we think is an upgrade from DJ, And, um, you know, Tennessee is just decimated. So I think, um, Clemson, maybe it'll be tight, but I feel like Clemson has to be the smart pick in this game. Ryan, finish us off and take us home. Yeah. I, as much as I would love to take Heupel in this spot and notice I said Heupel and not Tennessee and not Milton. I just, Milton is just so limited. He is so, so limited. And as we said earlier with Penix and his Heisman campaign starting in the bowl game, here is also another opportunity for Mr. All Up In Your Videos, Death Valley. This is his spot to get on TV and go, I love this kid. He's such a great kid. Loves Jesus. Loves football. Loves watching film. We're gonna we're gonna push him hard, and he's gonna be a great asset to our program. It's gonna be infuriating. I have kind of had enough of Dabo. Um, I've kind of moved on. I, I'm not. I'm just done. So I'm gonna take Clemson in this spot, and this will be the last time I'm taking Clemson for a while. Did you see his quote today? Speaking so of, good of what you just said. It was so good. They were asking about the uh, NIL. Oh yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. We believe in the name. NLI. We believe in the NIL. 
we made this program in the name, image, and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. So great. In God's name. We, we, yeah, we did yeah. this in God's name. Image, God's and name, image, and likeness. All right. Uh, who wants to add something before we sign off? Poor South Alabama. I'm so sorry. I put my stink all over you and uh, I apologize. You're going to get beat by 50 tonight. Sorry. They are the first team to completely no-show a bowl game. Um, I would like to point out that Western Kentucky made a grave error in recruiting, and their kicker's last name is Munson. Now, if you have a kick to win a big game, you do not want to call on Munson to come in and bang it through because it's not going in. So I don't care if he's Justin Tucker's cousin. You cannot have Munson as your kicker. So I, I want to point that out. Uh, I'll, I'll end by saying that uh, I caught a quick interview with Trent Dilfer during the uh, UAB game, and that's going to be a straight-up disaster, and I cannot wait. <laughs> Dude, okay, yeah, I got something to say about that. Okay. I watched that interview, and then I went up, and I found it, uh, he was recently on the Ryan Rossillo podcast as well and did a full, like a full on, like 40 minute podcast with him about this thing. This is going to be a total dumpster fire. He is an asshole. Like, yes, he is. He is a total asshole. And this is not going to end well. He comes in on this podcast and just just talking so much trash about the UAB program and all this stuff about we got to you know fix this and fix that. I'm going like, dude, they had Bill Clark, like one of the most respected, classiest, most professional coaches who ran a clean program that you could ever ask for in the South. And then he's going to come on and just start talking all this trash about that program. That's bullshit. I've had enough of him. He's on the tarmac right now. <laughs> Week one. Um, one last note before we leave. Uh, Charlie Baker, uh, governor of Massachusetts, or I guess like former governor of Massachusetts, will be the new head of the NCAA. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like uh, that's a great pick because it's the best, like, the most relevant you experience you can be going into the NCAA is uh governor of Massachusetts. Basically you're just dealing with loud assholes all day. It's a perfect, Accurate. perfect experience to get ready for the NCAA. It's, it's a really good pick, especially because there were, he fits the, the conversation of the Northeast bias. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that like, yes, he's running the NCAA, but like this is like college football related. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to have a guy running NCAA from, uh, from the Northeast, from an area like Massachusetts that is such a, a not no football tradition, no, you know, at all. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, I'm kind of intrigued by what he's going to do on the football side of things. I think he's going to do everything else fine, but I, the football thing, I'm kind of intrigued how he handles that. Any more X-Files talk? No right. X-Files talk, but, I, but I, I do have one thing to leave you guys with, a non-college football lock of the year. 
you're going to want to go ahead and bet the Steelers minus two and a half home against Oakland on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception with Franco Harris dying today. The world is listening. The universe is listening. The Steelers will not lose this game. Tomlin's never had a losing record as a coach. It's not gonna. He's not gonna get his ninth loss this weekend. So put your whole mortgage payment on the Steelers money line because it's coming in. Oh yeah, uh, rest in peace, Franco Harris, one of the greats, not just on the field but off the field as well. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to part two. Uh, part three of our bowl game spectacular is going to come up uh, slightly before New Year's Eve, I guess. It'll probably come out at you know a day or two before. So. Tune in then, and uh, everybody have a great holiday, and uh, thanks for listening.